Parenting is often lived in the extremes. It's either great joy or chaotic overwhelm. In one moment you're nailing it and the next you're losing your cool. I want to help you find your way to the messy middle, to a place of balance. You see, balance is a verb, not a state of being. It is a thing you do, not a thing you are. It is an action, a process, a series of micro-corrections that you make each and every day to keep yourself feeling centered. We are never truly balanced. We are engaged in the process of balancing. Hello, I'm Dr. Laura Froyan, and this is the Balanced Parent Podcast, where overwhelmed, stressed out, and disconnected parents go to find tools, mindset shifts, and practices to help them stop yelling at the people they love and start connecting on a deeper level, all delivered with heaping doses of grace and compassion. Join me in conversations that will help you get clear on your goals and values and start showing up in your parenting, your relationships, your life with open-hearted authenticity and balance. Let's go. So I have 10 lessons from 10 years of marriage, and it's not one lesson per year. Um, I certainly have learned a lot more about what it takes to be in a long-term committed and thriving relationship um, since becoming a parent. So research tells us that um, marital satisfaction plummets after you have your first child, and it doesn't start to recover after that child um, is three years old. Um, so it starts to recover when kids are about three. But of course, if you've added another kid and another kid and another kid to that mix, um, things can be hard. But there's some things that you can do to make things easier. And those are the things that I want to share with you today. So the first um, thing that I just want to start off with is like, it's been really helpful for me to understand and keep in mind that I chose my partner for a reason. We were reflecting back on our marriage and how, kind of how we got together with our kids last night. Um, my anniversary is tomorrow. Um, and so, and they're going away to stay at my parents' house for the weekend. Yay. <laughs> and so they aren't getting to celebrate. So we were kind of doing the reflecting back on um, why we got together. And it was really fun to list all of the reasons why we chose each other. Um, and keep that top of mind. And that's actually something that we reflect on over and over again, um, is understanding why we chose the other person. Sometimes the conscious reason we chose them, but also sometimes the unconscious reason. So we are programmed to surround ourselves with people who will help us grow. And oftentimes we choose a mate who is designed, who has lived experiences that kind of create um, it within them, the person who's going to expose where our wounds are, where we have healing to do, um, and invite us to do that work. And so really keeping that in mind, understanding that we chose the person that we're with for a reason is super important. Okay, so the first um, lesson that I've learned is how important the couple friendship is. So friendship is at the root of a strong marital relationship, a strong partnership. There's so much research to support this and my lived experience has absolutely made that true. When things are hard, when times are tough, when kids are going through tricky stages in development, when business is struggling, when jobs are hard, being able to come back and fall back on and rely on that firm foundation of a friendship is so important. Um, and that's really been one of the reasons why my husband and I have been 
so happy in our 10 years together. Um, there's been lots of ups and downs for sure. There's been work to be done, but we always are nurturing and taking care of that friendship so that that foundation is strong. And it's important to remember too, so this is the second lesson, um, is that the couple relationship, if you are part, have chosen to put, to raise a family and with a partner, that relationship is the bedrock of the family and really paying attention to it and taking care of it, nurturing it and growing it is really important. And there's also research to support this. So children form an attachment-like relationship, not just with each parent, but also with the relationship as a whole. And it's one of the reasons why kids are so interested when we have disagreements, um, because they are concerned with the security of the relationship. So really nurturing and paying attention to the couple relationship as kind of the foundation of the family, um, if that's the family structure that you are working with, is so important. And even if like you are have maybe were partnered and are now co-parenting um, in separate families, you can still have firm foundations in a relationship, even if it's not a romantic relationship. Okay, so then the other one of the big lessons that I've learned is that I'm terrible at mind reading. <laughs> so I, you know, when it comes to working with clients one-on-one, -on -one, I'm really good at like looking at someone, hearing their perspective and intuiting um, what they are feeling and thinking and what's going on for them. And I, um, you know, I, I can really do that well with my clients. I'm terrible at mind reading with my partner. <laughs> There's something about like the relationship that we have together. And I mean, it just, I'm really bad at it and I shouldn't try it. <laughs> so that's a big lesson that I've learned. Um, and um, in lear like learning that lesson has been painful at times, kind of guessing what he's thinking, assuming what he's thinking, and maybe even assuming the worst of him at times. Um, and I've learned that it, in order to avoid doing that, and when I, that when I do avoid doing that, things go quite a lot smoother because oftentimes I'm wrong when I'm mind reading because the guesses and assumptions that I make about my husband are informed by my perspective and my lived experiences, my background, my history, and often have nothing to do with like what he's actually thinking, how he's interpreting things, the way he's looking at a situation, what he's thinking and feeling about what's going on. Um, so I've learned to, instead of not mind read, to use check-ins with him. I just want to check in. So I, when you said this, I thought you meant this, and I wanted to just clarify, is this what you really meant? And just with curiosity, with like open curiosity, like openness to me being wrong, assuming that I probably didn't get it right, and just checking in. The check-in is huge. And so if you can get permission in your relationship to just use check-ins as a tool, like, can I just clarify for a second? Because when you said this, I heard this, and I don't think that that's really what you meant, because normally you don't say things like that to me, or at least you don't mean those things. Is that what you meant? And just checking in. It's so helpful. It, it avoids so many disagreements that really don't need to happen. And I'm not conflict avoidant. So this is the next lesson that I've heard, learned. Um, and this is something that I think I've always believed, but my husband is very conflict avoidant. I've always thought that conflict is a great way to connect with people. Um, it's an opportunity for a meeting of the minds. And for me, when I go through a conflict, I often come out feeling more connected to the person afterwards. I feel heard and understood, um, hopefully, if we're using good conflict tactics. Um, 
And so conflict is not something to avoid. When it comes to relationships, romantic relationships, conflict is unavoidable. Disagreements are going to happen. It's the way we disagree that makes the difference. And so one of those lessons for me is that I need, I need conflict and disagreement in order to stay connected to my, um, to my partner. And then this other, like the other piece of this then is learning the dance of a relationship. So we come to our partners, to our partnerships, to our marriages, um, with a dance pattern, with a set of kind of rhythms and steps that we learned in childhood from watching our parents have disagreements, from having interactions um, with our parents. We have, like, we know these steps in a dance and our partner knows different steps. And so then we get into conflicts or disagreements with our partners and we start doing our dance steps and oftentimes they're mismatched. And so the, like this, uh, the next lesson, I think we're on five now, I lost crap track. <laughs> the next lesson then is learning your partner's dance style and learning your own dance style, becoming aware of the dance that you and your partner do together and deciding like, is that the dance that we want for ourselves? Is this dance serving us? Are these steps that we learned in childhood working for us? Are they what we want to teach our kids? Are we, is this how we want our interactions to go? And if it's not, learning new steps together. That we, can, we get to choose the way that we interact. We get to decide how we're going to show up. Are we going to show up with judgment and labeling and blame and shame and guilt? Or are we going to show up with compassion and curiosity and open-hearted acceptance? Like, how are we going to show up? And the way that we show up, you know, it is that dance and we can choose. And so then this is the other lesson is that these things don't come naturally to us. We have to learn how to do this. And it's so I have my PhD in couple and family therapy. Like, I know how to have disagreements consciously. I know how to help lots of people learn the steps of their dance. Um, that will work for them and serve them. It's much harder when you're the one in the relationship, when it's you who is feeling defensive or attacked or vulnerable. Um, and you have to rely, like it, you have to learn and practice showing up with consciousness, with compassion, with curiosity. Um, you can learn those skills from someone like me who teaches them or from a therapist. Um, and don't be shy about that. Like understanding like most of us didn't have very good models growing up. So how could we possibly think we're magically supposed to know how to do this, right? Like we can't, we can't like know how to do something that we've never learned or witness being done, of course we need help. We need support in learning how to do that. And we also need practice. Um, so those, let's see, how long are we doing? I think we're at one, two, three, four, um, five, six. We're at six. Okay, good. <laughs> so um, the next one that I've learned is that it is so easy to get stuck in a negative mindset and you have to be really on top of that. 
Um, in research, it's called negative sentiment override, where you are kind of, your brain is this beautiful, efficient thing, and it filters for what you're looking for. And so we can get focused on the things that are going wrong, the negatives, the things that people are doing wrong, the things that, you know, that aren't going well, all of the negative interactions. And when we hyper-focus on it, that's all we see. And that changes the lens through which we view our lives and how we experience things. At the beginning of a relationship, we come into it with these rose-colored glasses. We have positive sentiment override. And um, that goes away over time if we aren't careful with it, if we aren't nurturing it. So being really careful with the, the, with the lens that you're viewing your relationship and your time that you spend together with is also so important. And part of that is that comes to lesson number seven is to keep dating your partner. And I don't mean date nights. I don't mean like going out, you know, and getting a babysitter. Like that's important too. But I mean that sense, that hunger for knowing your partner that goes away after a few years together. You start feeling like you could, you already know everything there is to be know about a person and you get complacent and you start making assumptions. And the reality is, is that we are always growing and changing. You are, you, if you think about it, you are not completely the same person that you were 10 years ago. There's no way you could be. You've had new experiences. You've met new people. You've become someone new. And so we need to be continually exploring ourselves and our partners as they become new too. Um, John Gottman, who's a famous couples researcher, calls that love mapping. Um, so really under getting to like, do we know the terrain of our person's inner world? Do we know about them? Are we intensely curious about them? And can we maintain that curiosity over time without assuming that we know everybody uh, or everything about them? And so that like that essentially is keeping that dating mentality that we had where we're so hungry to know about them and then we so we assume the best of them um, and I think that this is that leads directly into the next one that I've learned is that unconditional acceptance of a person is a daily practice I think that it's so important to really see it that way that unconditional acceptance isn't a state of being. It's not something that you just feel all the time, that oftentimes we have to be intentional and conscious and active in unconditionally accepting the people in our lives. And this goes for kids and mother-in-laws and partners. It goes for everybody. That if we want to accept someone, that means we're not changing, we're not wishing that they were different, that we're accepting them exactly as they are um, and loving them as they are. And that takes work and practice because we're sometimes wired to wish things were different, to look at like the things that aren't going perfectly and wish for them to change. And then this is the other piece of this. The flip side of this is that it is also super important to remember to accept influence from our partners and help them be to open to accepting your influence. So research tells us that couples who are open to accepting influence from their partners, the, from each other, um, have greater longevity, that they are happier um, and are in longer lasting relationships. So being willing to accept influence um, from your partner is also a really important thing. And I, for me as a 
I like to be right a lot. I learned that growing up. I learned in my um, family growing up that nothing feels better than being right. And I really learned, I have learned in my relationship with my husband that there could, that that isn't true. But some, there is, are things that feel better than being right. And the feeling of unconditional acceptance and love is way, like feels way better than being right. Um, so sometimes you have to weigh, like, am I going to preserve my relationship or am I going to get the pleasure of feeling like being right? Um, and understanding too, that, um, just because somebody does something differently, doesn't mean that their way is wrong and your way is better. Um, that's been a very difficult lesson for me to, to learn. I mean, I started learning that early in our relationship when it came to things like loading the dishwasher. And I had to continue to learn it when it came to things like changing our kids' diapers. And I'm still learning it when it comes to things like managing conflicts between my kids. There, you know, I have in my head that there's a right way to do those things. And there, like, there's research, you know, that there's, like, for supporting kids and parenting conflicts or in, like, supporting kids and sibling conflicts, there's, like, there are better ways to do that. But just because, like, I have to allow him to do it his way, too. I think it's so important to just, to, to allow a lot in our relationships. Okay, I want to stay on track because I don't have a lot of time because my husband's going to be back from dropping off the kids and we are going to be having a nice, relaxing weekend with each other. Um, all right, so we talked about friendship, how important that is. We talked about keeping dating our spouse. Um, we talked about how the couple relationship is a foundation of a family, if that's the structure that you've chosen for your family. Um, we've talked about how mind rating most of us are terrible at it in our couple of relationships and we shouldn't do it. We should use check-ins instead. Um, we've talked about how insidious negative sentiment override is and how conscious we need to be in really seeing the positives in our relationships and with our children. Um, we've talked about how conscious communication is a skill that we can get better at, that we come to relationships knowing certain dance steps, and then we get into tangos with our partner um, and they're doing their steps and we're doing our steps and we're not working together towards the same goal in most of them. So we need to learn each other's steps and learn new steps together. Um, and that we can practice and get better at that. Um, we've talked about how we should be open to accepting influence, that lots of things feel better than being right, like having a loving, accepting relationship, um, and that there's not necessarily one right way to do things, um, and just because somebody does things differently doesn't mean it's wrong. Um, and so let's see, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Um, is that just seven? That's all we've talked about? <laughs> I think that's more. Anyway, so then the next one is that um, that I really believe, and this one is something that maybe sounds a little silly, but um, I really believe that curiosity in relationships is one of the things that you can bring to your all of your relationships um, that can really shift and change a dynamic. So cultivating curiosity is one of the things that has become a constant practice for me and my relationships. Real, like really coming to disagreements, coming to like, hmm, he did it this way. Like, 
wonder, I wonder about that. I'm not judging it. I'm not saying it was wrong. I'm leave, it's kind of non-judgmental observations and curiosity. Like though, like coming to it with that mindset, with that energy allows for vulnerability. It allows for connection and it allows for understanding. And it creates a sense that you are being accepted, that your perspective is welcome. Um, and it makes people want to engage with you. Um, so curiosity, that like that's something that I have really begun to practice um, as, and I'm so grateful to my relationship with my husband for teaching me that. Um, Oh, and we, we also talked about how um, unconditional acceptance is a daily practice too. Um, and then the, the last piece of this that I just wanted to touch on again, the last one, number 10, is that we choose our partners for a reason. That we, it's so important to look at your partner over time and commit over and over every day, say yes to them. Um, say yes to staying in connection with them. Say yes to learning with them. Say yes to growing with them. Um, say keep open to the idea that they serve a purpose in your role or in your life that is is that transcends just the day-to-day -day ways that they support you in your parenting or support you in your business. Like they're, they're there for a reason. You chose them for a reason. There was something in them that called you, that touched a piece of you, that knew like you are going to be able to become your best self with this person. That's why we choose the, pe the people that we choose. I have an entire like Lunch Break with Laura episode on this. Um, that I'm going to be getting onto the podcast soon, but the, the, we choose our partners for a reason. We're called to them for a reason and we're called to them for our higher purpose. They are there to, they are puzzle pieces. We fit together in a way that allows us to become our whole selves. They aren't healing us. They're inviting us to heal ourselves. And that's so important. Um, and that's a lesson that I've, been learning really like for myself and my relationship just in the last couple years of my marriage just like the last like 18 months is something that it's where we've really been focusing on our marriage we've gone to couples therapy like four times we've had four different couples therapists we're kind of couples therapy junkies that was something that like when we got married as i was we were in i was in graduate school becoming a couples and like couple and family therapist and i made like i that was a term of our relationship that i wanted us to be open to going to couples therapy periodically over the course of our relationship for tune-ups. And so we've been to therapy for like, when I was pregnant with my first, we went just to kind of get things um, in line, you know, work out a few things before the baby came. So happy we did, because we did not experience the big dip in marital satisfaction with our first that lots of couples do. Um, we went to another one as we prepared for our second. Um, I had some trauma from my uh, first birth that I needed to heal and I asked him to heal it, to kind of witness that healing. We went to another one to learn new dance steps um, and new skills, um, com like communication skills that we both realized we were not using effectively with each other. Um, and we've most recently been working with um, an Imago trained therapist who is really like focusing in on kind of the 
lot like enlivening yourself through your relationship that your your partner that you chose um shines a light on all the little places where you have healing work to do um and approaching our relationship as a vessel for healing um which has been lovely work to do too um okay so those are the 10 lessons that my 10 years in marriage have taught me um and i'm really looking forward to spending the next 10 years with my husband and letting you guys in and sharing that growth along the way Okay. So thanks for listening today. Um, remember to subscribe to the podcast and if it was helpful, leave me a review that really helps others find the podcast and join us in this really important work of, um, creating a parenthood that we don't have to escape from and creating a childhood for our kids that they don't have to recover from. And if you're listening, grab a screenshot and tag me on Instagram so that I can give you a shout out. Um, and definitely go follow me on Instagram. I'm at Laura Froyan PhD. Um, that's where you can get a behind the scenes look at what balanced conscious parenting looks like in action with my family. And plus I share a lot of other really great resources there too. All right. That's it for me today. I hope that you keep taking really good care of your kids and your family and each other, and most importantly of yourself. And just remember balance is a verb and you're already doing it. You've got this.